Bam and Abayo has been more aggressive lately. How good can the Heat be with this new version of Bam moving forward? Is this sustainable? Is this the version we're going to see for the rest of the season? Wes, you reported about it, and we'll talk about that throughout the show. Plus, we'll get Nostradamus here for a segment to give us his predictions for this week's games and a little talk about the potential buyout market and where a former Heat point guard could wind up landing. All that and more coming up next. You are locked on Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Tuesday-ish edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat, however you may be listening on YouTube or Odyssey or your favorite odd po- podcast app. Excuse me. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Rumel, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. It's been a few days since our last episode. Last week, we recorded, of course, as always, uh, following Thursday's win over the New Orleans Pelicans. And then the Brooklyn Nets played on Saturday here in Miami. And, Wes, you have your takeaways from that game. We'll talk about that Later on this segment, but well, first, just uh, you know, just quick thoughts about the Super Bowl. I think a lot of people are talking about. It. So we didn't record an episode on Sunday. I didn't even watch the game at all, but I'm sure right. you have some thoughts about it. What was that game like? Well, first of all, I really enjoyed the halftime show. I think that's uh, something that everybody's doing. But now it's getting to the point where, look, all right, I was rooting for the Bengals just because I, I kind of just go for underdogs when I don't really care. But I really didn't care who won overall. Happy to see the Rams win. Aaron Donald, one of the greatest players we've ever seen in. Uh, of this generation. Good to see him get a ring. Uh, but my major takeaway was watching the halftime show, watching the commercials was, oh, now I'm in the, the that I'm the target audience for this stuff now, um, which is kind of a weird place to be in my life, I guess. I, it, when you come to that realization, like I remember watching The Who and I always liked The Who, right? I, my dad was a big classic rock guy. Like, I was raised on that stuff. Like, I don't know, it was uh, five or six years ago, they did the halftime show. I'm like, who is this for? Like, why are you like the who are great and nothing but respect, but like they don't really want to be here. <laughs> Nobody really wants to watch this. And then they come out with Dr. Dre, Eminem, Fiddy does like a, a surprise cameo uh, with a shout out kind of to his music video from 2002 or whatever it was. Um, and, and all this Eminem's out there. Like, and you're just like, oh, wow, like this is so cool. Finally, something for like a younger audience like me. And then I'm like, oh, wait, all this stuff is like 20 years old. Uh, you're no longer, you're no longer the younger audience. Yeah, it's a, yeah, and, and all the commercials like you know, shout out to like the Sopranos, which is how old is that show? Like 20, 30 years ago? Did that start like ninety eight or something? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just did a rewatch of it right now, and and nine eleven plays heavily in it, which of yes. course took place in two thousand one. So don't they take out the twin towers like in the little uh, intro I, theme thing at yes, some point? Yes. Yeah, yeah, between like season deal. three and four, I believe uh, they wound up taking yeah. it out. Like the first three seasons had it in it, and the last, you know, two or three did not. So I got emotional. Yeah. Well, during the commercial, like they had a Chevy commercial, and it was like it starts off with like the "Got Yourself a Gun" theme song, and then it's Meadow driving the car at the end, and then she like parks it, uh, parallel parks it, and you're like, ah, oh, she got it finally. And I like found myself getting like a little emotional, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is all." Fun. All right, I, I have not seen it, so I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll have to do a, a rewatch it or find it on YouTube. Oh, check out it. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure it is. Everything's on YouTube. I didn't now. spoil the ending. The, spo- the ending is great. Okay. Well, speaking of an ending being great, well, I don't know. Maybe not so good. 
The Miami Heat won a 115-111 victory over the Brooklyn Nets on Saturday. Uh, you were in attendance, however, not yes. in attendance as media for that game. The Heat started off well. No Kevin Durant, of course, still injured. No Ben Simmons, still unavailable for the team. But still a pretty good effort led by Kyrie Irving uh, on the Nets side of things. But what did you? What were your takeaways from the game yeah. overall? Yeah, so I was going to go to the game just as I usually do um, as media. But last minute, uh, we got free tickets for the seventh uh, row right by the Heat's bench. Not behind, nice. like right off to the side, behind the basket. And so... Nice. I was like, yeah, I'll do that instead. That sounds way better. So I was able to go to the game and like drink a Jack Daniels and, and that that's something, you know, that you don't really do in your media or probably ever do. Uh, but, <laughs> but it was cool. It was a really cool experience because where our seats are as media, we're sort of like 50 yard line above the low, uh, right above the lower bowl. Um, right. they're good. They're good seats, especially compared to where some of these arenas are put. Well, you get a, you get yeah. an overall view. You get an eagle's yeah. eye view of the court on, on both sides of the action. So that's why it's positioned the way it is. Exactly. I mean, personally, I'd prefer being a lot closer. I'd love being right. on press row itself. So you can hear the interaction of players, which is right. something that you were privy to uh, sitting as closely as you were. Basically. Right. Like I wasn't courtside, but I felt like it. Um, and it was really cool because my, my view was right next to the heat bench. So I had to, I could just look directly at Miami's bench. And that's not something we usually see because, again, where we sit, we're behind the bench. And so we're kind of looking over them. But you kind of see a little bit of the interactions, but not a whole lot. And obviously we're watching the game. But where I was, I could right. basically watch the bench and the game at the same time. And my takeaways were that the heat's bench is working the entire game. And I, I'm a big guy. I, I love watching benches. I love it. Any chance I have. I think you can learn a lot about a team during breaks, you know, mm -hmm. who's involved in the huddle, what coaches mm -hmm. are doing what, like you could kind of get a sense of the vibe of a team sure. just looking at the bench. And my sense of Miami's vibe has always been like, I'm not breaking news here. It's a good vibe, you know, yep. capital C culture and all of that, but right. it really stood out. And the one guy who really stood out to me, uh, David was Udonis Haslam. I know That's he doesn't before. play every single night, yeah. but he is working every game, the entire game. He is, He's got the seat at the very end of the bench. First of all, ambassador to the Heat, just to, like interacting with fans the entire time, not shy to say hey or like, you know, kind of dap up somebody that's close by or whatever. Like not not afraid to do any of that. But during the game itself, like he's working the entire bench. He will take a, a minute during the game to talk to every yeah. single player and coach on the Heat bench. And there are minutes where him and like Kyle Lowry, when Kyle Lowry is resting, like, like they're kind of like, huddling up and like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Obviously I couldn't hear what they were saying, but you could just tell like they're pointing and they're talking like intense right. discussion. And, and he'll go over to somebody that's could just come off, whether it be, you know, Gabe Vincent to Bam Adebayo. It doesn't matter. Jimmy Butler. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, right. And that, that to me really stood out and everybody who might, and we, we've kind of heard less of this, but like, why is he taking up a roster spot and all this stuff? That's why, that's why he's, yeah. there. he's I, working I, the I, entire game. And you can tell he makes a difference. He's probably pointing things out that oh, happened no in the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad you saw it firsthand and I'm glad that you pointed it out because for a lot of people, I'm sure they're probably pretty dismissive of the the slash assistant coach title that he, he feels well, that I think a lot of people have foisted upon him, but that's yeah. completely uh, untrue at this it's point. There. Like He's observant. He's there. He's seeing things and he's he's got. The, he's got the, the 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 feel of the locker room because he's a part of it because he does mm -hmm. the work and everything else and so he, his voice is still a respected one. Well, we've got a little long so far, but you know what? Before we wrap up this segment, did want to talk about a piece that you just had on the West Side, your Substack, where you talked about 
Bam Adebayo's aggressive offensive evolution. Inside Bam Adebayo's aggressive yeah. offensive evolution is the name of the piece. And you actually interviewed Malik Allen. It was a great piece of work showing exactly how Bam has flipped the switch a little bit. You talked to Coach Allen, uh, of course, yeah. uh, about what happened with Bam. So uh, I'll give you a chance here to kind of frame the, the idea of the piece a little bit. Right. Well, we've been talking for about two weeks now about the more aggressive Bam Adebayo, right? And and something changed. We could tell, like a, a switch sort of flipped. He has, you and I keep saying, it was a concerted effort for him to be quicker and more aggressive and stronger going to the basket specifically. Um, one of the stats that I have is he's gone from like 18% of his uh, shot attempts being from mid-range to 12 or 13% now. He's, he's being more... He's been more efficient even at the rim. Like those numbers don't even begin to tell you. Like the shots are just better looks because he's being more aggressive and more purposeful with how he moves around the court. And one of the things I wondered about was you look at the stats and there's a clear break between that 30-point loss in Boston, right, on January 31st and all the games since then, the six games now that Miami's played since then in in the last two weeks. There's a clear break. There's a clear change just in the box score. Like I said, you can't really tell how much better he's been just from the box score, but you can sense that something has changed just from the box score. And so um, I, I was on a phone call with Malik Allen. I was asking him about that. And basically, he and Malik Allen, of course, works very closely with Bam. But right. um, that Bam took – and here's the quote I'll just say. After that 30-point loss to Boston, he didn't take it well. He took it personal. Yeah. And – was he you know, quoting Michael Jordan for the last dance, or, or was it? Uh... <laughs> it was a little bit, right? Uh, that's that was my immediate thought when he said that to me on the phone. I was like, "All right, then, boom, that's there's, there's my lead. Thank you very much." But um, yeah, like he gets onto the plane, and they're on the first night of a back-to-back set. Remember, they played in Toronto the next night, right. and uh, he basically just went over the film with Malik Allen and other coaches and, and everything like this. And he was like, "Where can I be more aggressive? Where can I not play like a role player?" Because in that game against Boston, he took just eleven shots. On a right. night where Jimmy Butler wasn't there because of an ankle, because Lowry was out with the personal reason stuff, he took as many shots as Caleb Martin, who we all know is on a two-way contract. Like you're Not the great. star of the team, you're now the lone star of the team without Jimmy and Kyle out there. So he knew he needed to be better, and ever since he's been better. We've been talking about this all all along. So I did a little bit of reporting, and this is what, and basically it was exactly kind of what my my hypothesis was, which is kind of a rare thing, but it was exactly what I thought. It was oh yeah, after that Boston game, he's like I got to be better, and he has right. been. He's been a lot right. better. Uh, I'm glad that Bam took ownership, that he recognized that there was something necessary there because so often players get kind of, they, they dig their heels a little bit and say, you know what, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. And he's resisted it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's certainly a glaring example right now. Uh, at the same time, I think a lot of players do it to some degree, but Bam showing yeah. some flexibility there. Uh, the ability to say, you know what, this is this is not enough. I need to be better. And this is what's criticize of him most often too ironically enough is that everybody says oh you need to be better you need to be better and he's still improving and he's still gotten better as we pointed out many times over the course of his career his numbers have always shown growth but there's always something that feels a little bit less that he's capable of giving and i think this is where we see this best version of him so my question is do you think it just came down to just being more aggressive or was there something in malik's coaching that he could point out where he could possibly be more effective well, first of all, Malik is careful not to give himself all the credit. He's just sort of the guy that, you know, he's Bam is a guy who's also just as involved. Here's where I could be better and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. it, it's it's everybody. It's what Eric Spolster is saying. It's what it's Pat Riley's message from the top down. I have a quote in there uh, yeah. from Pat Riley's press conference earlier in the year. He's like, this is it, it's everybody. It's everybody. Right. But uh, and there's a film breakdown. So please go to 
westgoldberg.substack.com so you could see all of this, but it's much easier laid out than, than talking about it. But um, there are just moments in a game, like all that dribble handoff stuff that he does with Duncan Robinson and everybody else, like all the facilitating that he has gotten accustomed to doing as a function of this heat offense. I kind of feel like there was a little bit of a malaise with that. Like he's just sort of going through the motions on offensive possessions. You're right. just, you know, hand off here, screen there, blah, blah, blah. And you can tell it's like now there are moments where he's just sort of ad-libbing a little bit more on the court, right? Instead of just going into a, a, a dribble handoff with Duncan or whoever, like he's kind of going into new spots on the court, covering new ground. He's, you know, setting harder screens and then just diving at the rim in moments that he doesn't like in sort of these surprise moments, catching the defense off guard, getting the big men defending him wrong footed and then attacking them. We, we talked about that incredible like little drop step to a floater over Jonas Valanciunas against New Orleans and stuff like that. Like we're just like, oh, where did that come from? And I this didn't make the story, but I asked Malik Allen, like, does he still surprise you? You've been working with Bam all these years. Does he still surprise you? And he said he does. And the reason he does is because, you know, he's such a fundamental basketball player. He's a freak yeah. athlete. Sure. And those are his that's those are like the gifts that he has been given, that talent, that right. athleticism, like what I that top one percent athleticism that he has. But he's a very fundamental player. And he mm -hmm. kind of exists within those fundamentals. But then every right. once in a while, he just springs on you this crazy athletic feat that you're like, where did that come from? Oh, right. He could do this every play if he wanted to. Right. He just doesn't. That's not the way he plays. And so that right. was what Malik was saying. He's like, we're starting to see that more now. Right. And, and it's within the fundamentals of the offense. He's not freelancing. He's not like going off on his own. He's not isolating. It's all within the flow of the offense. And so to me, the big question that still hangs on this over Bam and this team is, is this sustainable? Did yeah. he just finally strike the right balance or has he just got the hot hand right now? I don't know. There's no way to know. But I do know that there's a mindset thing, too. It's more than just the hot hand right now. There's a mindset yeah. thing, too. He's figured it out with Kyle Lowry. There's a click. There's a clicking that's happening there. He's had it yeah. figured out with Jimmy. He's had it figured out with the role player teammates that he has, obviously. So I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic that this is sustainable. And it's Same. not even the box score stuff. It's more of the mindset stuff that the Heat need because we've been saying it. They need 2019 bubble ban, probably a better version of that, certainly a better version of that, to get to the yeah. finals again this year. And and I think everybody, including Bam, is starting to recognize that and maybe even deliver on it. And, and you know, to piggyback on what you were saying uh, about whether or not it's sustainable, for one, I am agreeing with you. I think that he it's more than likely that he can't keep this going. Like, he's going to have an occasional night where he's not looking to score because somebody else has it dialed up or because he's looking to feed Jimmy or Kyle or Duncan or somebody along those lines. And that's just the nature of who Bam is. But at the same time, if we see this work consistently, I think it ties into everything that we've been saying about the versatility and depth of this roster is that you can't plan for any one player. You have so many different players that can step up on any given night and do so many different things effectively that it keeps defenses on their toes. It's impossible to guard this team effectively when they've got it rolling like this. And I think that's what BAM adds. This new version, this new aggressive version of BAM adds a different dimension to a team that was already plenty dangerous. So it's good to see, and it's good for Miami in terms of being able to achieve even greater success this year. But we'll talk a little bit more about some of this week's games in Nostradamus will offer his predictions for that. And, of course, I'll launch into my Monday Madness tirade before we talk about the return of Goran Dragic. Is it possible, or is he joining another Eastern Conference contender? But first, a reminder that Bet Online is a sponsor of this show. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. For the latest odds, 
totals, player performance props, and where the next fired coach is going to land. Uh-oh. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, the UFC, odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. That's right. The Olympics are taking place. Now, maybe not a lot of people are following, but it's absolutely there on BetOnline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it's time to make some predictions for this week in Miami Heat basketball. It is time for Nostradamus, David. Let's get started with our first game Tuesday night against the Dallas Mavericks, hosting them at FTX Arena. Yeah, that should be a fun game, of course. Uh, it won't have the large Slovenian contingent it's had in years past there when Luka Doncic and Goran Dragic met uh, at the FTX Arena or America Airlines Arena at that point in time. But Luka is still the story of the game, at least where I'm coming from. On Tuesday, can the Heat slow down Luka Doncic? So Luka Doncic, these last eight games, 35.5 points per game. He scored 40-plus in three of these games, including a career-high 51-point night against the Clippers on Thursday night. Can the Heat slow down Luka Doncic? I don't know. Uh, I think they'll put Kyle Lowry on him. I think they'll put Jimmy Butler on him. We'll see if Caleb Martin is coming back. Probably, I think he's questionable as of now. But they've got bodies, right? They're going to – Luka Doncic is going to put uh, the Heat in switches. The Heat love to switch. They're very good at it. We're going to have a lot of moments where Bam Adebayo is guarding Luka Doncic on the perimeter because they run so much of that – one five pick and roll stuff. Um, we're gonna see everybody get a chance at it, and I really don't know, David, because Luka Doncic is one of the best five, six, seven players in the NBA, right? Yeah. Offensive, and only because of what he does offensively, right? He's not bringing a whole lot to the table defensively. What we saw Kyrie Irving do, twenty points in the fourth quarter um, for the Nets on Saturday night. You know, I, I think that there are still moments where Miami could give up. So, like, I mean, it's it's the NBA, right? As good as a defense as you could play, sometimes an offensive player is just too great, and it doesn't matter what kind of defense you play. Like I said, I think the Heat will throw the kitchen sink at him. You're really not worried about anything else that the other Mavericks are bringing to the table. They're going to load up on Doncic, and I still don't know if it's going to be enough with the way that he's playing. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I guess I feel like he hasn't always had big games against Miami because Miami does seem to take him out of his comfort zone mm-hmm. to some extent. Uh, but I just I think he's been playing too well of right. late. I, I think it's harder to stop him. My bigger concern is somebody like, ironically enough, a Reggie Bullock type who could go off on the perimeter mm-hmm. and, and, and you have like a 24 point night. And that would be just enough to keep them in the game there. I, I don't know. Um Doncic is going to be fun to watch for a lot of people. Some people I know kind of upset about his style of play overall, but I think Miami's going to try their best, and ultimately they're going to wind up falling short, and he's just going to wind up getting his points. Because, Yeah, that's my prediction. I think Luka Doncic is going to be a a very good player on Tuesday night, but I think Miami still comes away with a victory, so I'm not sure if that's a prediction. Oh, I thought when you said falling short, I thought you meant that they were going to lose the game. No, 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 no. No, no, Dallas is a good team. Like, don't get me wrong. They, like, Dallas is, they could, they, they, they very much, they very easily could win this game. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who wins or loses. That's not Nostradamus' um, area, area of expertise. expertise. But yeah. uh, I will say that the Heat will try very hard to stop Luka Doncic. How's that? For, That's a good point. That's a good point. Prediction. 
Hot take. Uh, on Thursday, the last game before the All-Star break, the Heat travel to Charlotte uh, where they will take on the Hornets game. Will it be a repeat of the last game against the Hornets on February 5th? The Heat won 104-86. to They got 20 points from Bam Adebayo, 27 points from Jimmy Butler. He led the way, and they held LaMelo Ball, all-star LaMelo Ball. This doesn't feel right saying it. It's uh, 12 points on 5 or 11 shooting. So Nostra Dumwis. Is this going to be a repeat of that last game against the Hornets? First of all, Lamella Ball feels like an all-star. What are you talking about? No, he doesn't. He feels like a showboater. That's all. What's the difference? Um, ah. <laughs> that's, that's who I want in the all-star game. Um, right. Yeah, I think it's going to be. Uh, Miami has not lost to the Hornets yet this season, right? This would be. This is their third meeting. Uh, they won last it. time. And they give won. it the jinx right there. That was a jinx. I shouldn't have done that. You're right. They won in the opening month, 114 to 99. So they've won by double digits every time they've played this Hornets team. They have their number, just to double down on my jinx a little bit more. They don't. So this is their third of four games. They don't play their last game against them until the last week of the season. So uh, this one, of course, in Charlotte, just like the last one. I do think I think it'll be a repeat of the last one. I think the uh, Heat are better now than they were then. That was back yep. February 5th. We started to see uh, the that trio of Butler. Bam and Kyle Lowry starting to kind of be back on the floor together. Right before that, it was only uh, 14 games that we had seen them. They've played now together uh, for the last five games. Their chemistry is clearly picked up. We've been talking about, I think it was the New Orleans game. Was that after the New Orleans game? It felt like finally this was a big three. I think it was that game. Uh, they were that way too against Brooklyn over the weekend. And uh, I think it'll be the case in Charlotte. That big three is just starting to fit and click in the right ways, and all those role players are just doing what they have to do. I think the Heat are playing their best basketball of season right now. Uh, Charlotte's been fine, not great. They've been a little injured here and there. They made some moves on the deadline. We'll see if that helps them over later in this week. But, uh, yeah, I think it will be a repeat because I have no reason to think otherwise. Well, they traded away Ish Smith, so uh, they don't have a Heat killer on that roster. One of those popular players in the NBA. Before a game, Ish Smith is literally hugging and high-fiving and dapping every assistant coach and every player on the opposing team. I've never seen a wow. player more popular than Ish Smith. It's crazy. That's what happens when you're on your 13th team, though. I, mean, I get that's... But maybe that's – well, it's like a chicken or the egg thing. Are you in the league this long because you're just so likable? Or are you so likable because you've been in the league so long? I don't know. I, I think it's the latter. I think it's the latter. I mean, I, I've talked to him about it. because I know I, I, I talked to him about it for something else I'm working on. But, you know, just like that oh. vibe of like having to go to another game and things of that sort and go to another team and kind of find your way in there. You know, he just puts his head down, does his work, and he tries to be uh, upbeat about everything. So it, it's it's kind of worked both ways, I guess yeah. uh, you could say. But in any case, uh, I wonder if Bam, to continue the theory of what we were talking about in the first segment, I wonder if he'll take it personally that he wasn't selected as an all-star and that uh, uh, Lamella oh, was. was. Yeah. Uh, look, he tends to take things personal. I don't know. I, I don't know that he's a snub. I, the Heat were really pushing for Bam. Not as much as they were pushing for Tyler, Tyler Hero, but they were pushing for Bam. I I don't think he'll take it personally. I don't know. You never know what these are. They take everything as a slight. You missed 22 games in the start of the season. Like I think it, right. I'll say this. I think it's going to look really strange by the end of the year that Bam wasn't on the All-Star team. People are going to look at his his numbers and what he's doing, and they're like, he wasn't an All-Star? Oh, right, he missed 22 games because of a thumb ligament thing. Um, and, and for that reason, it makes sense. But it's going to look weird. Has, has that NBA Finals MVP never made the All-Star team the year before? That's the big question. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. A Sunday, February 20th. Kawhi, oh, probably, right? Yes. Yeah, that would yes. probably be the last Yeah, Andre Iguodala, too. Iguodala also. Yeah, all right. Poked holes in that argument real quick. 
All right. <laughs> All-Star Game. Yeah, the All-Star Game will be on Sunday, February 20th. It'll be a great show for everybody. Uh, and the big question, as the Miami Heat will be represented there by Jimmy Butler, is well, how many points will Jimmy score in the All-Star Game? Well, if you ask Jimmy, he thinks Eric Spolstra, who's coaching the team, uh, should just give him every shot. I don't think Spo will do that. I Actually, it'll be interesting. There's a couple little dynamics at play here. Does Spo not play Jimmy Butler a whole bunch of minutes because he wants to give Jimmy some rest? He'll be, you know, he'll give him his due. He'll let him play some big minutes, obviously, like some important minutes, I should say. But does he kind of, you know, who's playing the most minutes on this team? Is it maybe the guys that are playing for Brooklyn and Philly and Milwaukee? Do they end up playing more minutes than the guys that are playing yeah. for Miami and Charlotte, for example, who they're not very concerned with? Uh, I don't know. The other dynamic here, too, is Jimmy Butler thinks he's the best player on the court every single time he goes out there. Does he try to prove it in the All-Star game? He didn't make it last year. Yeah, you. I, I don't know how much he really cares about the All Star Game stuff, but now that he's here, he's here. You're here. I think you try to. I think Jimmy's one of these guys that tries to make the most out of these things, and he'll do it with Michelob Ultra commercials and appearances in Cleveland and all that kind of stuff, and whatever he's doing with cryptocurrency and all that 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 stuff. But when the game the game starts, does he try to be like, you know what? I'm better than everybody else on the floor, and my team is the favorite. And nobody, or I think my team should be the favorite. The Heat uh, should be the favorite. Nobody's talking about us. Let me. Let me put us on the national stage. And I, I could see him going that way. I could also see him going the other way and being like, you know what? I'm just here for a good time. I'm going to get everybody involved. and I'm going to rack up like 20 assists in this game or something. Like I could see him going both. I have no idea. It'll be really interesting. I'll tell you what. I, I was there in Chicago when uh, the Heat were well represented. Uh, Bam had won the skills contest. Derek Jones Jr. won the slam, um, the slam dunk contest. Duncan fell short in the three-point shootout. Jimmy an all-star. Bam an all-star. And Jimmy... Well, I don't want to go so far as to say he laid an egg out there, but he was not a very productive player in terms of the mm -hmm. All-Star. I think we're going to get a repeat of that. It's just, he doesn't care. I think he's just done at this point. Like, he's got the accolade already. The only thing that's missing for him and his legacy, if he wins a title, I think, then the conversations about a Hall of Fame career start becoming much more earnest. Yeah. So I, I get the feeling that uh, an All-Star performance and eclipsing even double digits probably isn't going to be happening he's, on Sunday. His game's not really made for it's all it's a lot of jump shooting in the All-Star game, but he could get some open. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on. I'm gonna say 14 points to answer the question. I'm gonna say 14 oh, points in the All-Star wow. game. I know it's a lot. It feels like a lot, but I'm gonna say a lot. I think he gets a bunch of easy layups early on. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, it'll be a fun game regardless. Should be interesting to see exactly how it plays out. Bam should still be there, missing 22 games or not. But uh, in the next segment, we'll talk a little bit about Goran Dragic, where he stands, and an ESPN report that came out over the weekend regarding some of the potential suitors for his services and whether or not he might eventually choose the Miami Heat anyway. But first, a reminder that this show is sponsored by Built Bar. It's that time of year where most of you have probably given up on all of your New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sure you're probably liking this. You know, you want to stick with it. You want to eat healthy. And if you want to eat healthy and stick to your resolutions, well, the answer for you is Built Bar. It's so easy to stick to your resolutions because it almost feels like it's not really like a sacrifice or giving up anything at all. It's not a resolution because you actually enjoy eating Built Bar so much. They've got their new puffs. Uh, they're you know, missing out if you haven't tried these already because it's their first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. 
They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% chocolate, just like all of Built Bar's incredible tasting bars. Uh, soft, easy to chew. You don't even know that you're eating a protein bar, but you're getting all the nutrients that you might be looking for in any kind of bar. So make sure you try them out. You can get a mix box. I, I'm a big fan of those because you can mix and match flavors. Keep some for yourself. Give some out to friends, family, and coworkers. You won't go wrong, and you'll be popular. They're a great hit. My, my wife gives out some Built Bars at work, and, and, and uh, her coworkers really, really appreciate when she does that. So uh, in any case, make sure you go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. And you get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15. You get 15% off, but only if you go to built.com. Just a reminder that you can always reach us via email at lockdownheat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. We'll talk about Gora Dragic because an ESPN report Makes it seem like he might join an Eastern Conference contender, but it's not the Miami Heat. But first, Monday Madness. That's right. My opportunity to start off the week with a little bit of an angry tirade because you know what? I I get fed up sometimes. I know everybody thinks, you know what? He's got this calm demeanor. That's not true. I'm actually... Not calm very angry. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually very, very angry. I'm, you know, kind of like the Bruce Banner Hulk character. You know, keep it, keep it controlled right. most of the time because you don't want that anger to slip up there. But I will say that what's got me pissed off of late, Wes, is just well, fuck it. Everything's got me pissed off of late because oh, wow. you can't, you can't say a goddamn thing about anything positively without having some asshole on social media chime in and rip your feelings about that. Like you just right now, you just said something positive about the halftime performance. And I am guaranteeing that somebody in the comments will find some way of tearing down your appreciation of, of Dr. Dre and Eminem and Snoop Dogg or something like that. I, I just and I saw that over you know the course of the last few hours, having not seen the Super Bowl myself and seeing a number of tweets about, oh, show is great, love this, etc. And all of a sudden somebody comes in right away. It's almost like somebody's waiting for the opportunity to say something negative about anything and how it pertains to this heat. Like, you know, like this version of this team is so much fun. We can always enjoy what this team does and the way they play, the style they, they attack with. You know, they're going to go far in the playoffs. They've got chemistry. Like, what are you looking for if not this version of this team? I mean, why do you follow basketball if not to see a version of this Heat team? And yet so many people choosing to be negative when they could, in fact, be positive instead. I don't know. That's just – I know already I can feel like the OK Boomer conversation or something along those lines. And first of all, that's got to be pissed off too because if you don't know what a Boomer is, you shouldn't be using it in a goddamn sense. But anyway, okay. Boomer is – I am not – I am not 75 years old, so I do not qualify as a boomer. That's uh, that's that generation there. But uh, that's my two cents. I don't know if you've got anything yeah. to add to it yet because I am just I'm sick of seeing the negative feedback. Uh, no, uh, look, negative feedback kind of comes with the jobs that we have. Am I just being sensitive here? No, no, no. But I think, from what I understand, you're kind of you're you're kind of taking more of a macro thing. It's not necessarily the people yes. against you. It's just sort of like, no. why can't I log on to I social media that. and just have a nice conversation about something that I enjoy? That's it. And right. the and the answer is uh, nobody knows, but you can't. That's because it's uh. social media. So sorry about it. Um, and you're right. Like, look, if it wasn't for this job, man, I wouldn't even be on Twitter. I'm I've I've thought about ways to get rid of Twitter. And still do this job. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's doable. I, I it's it's a really tough place to be. My mm -hmm. my my new sort of thing that I've been doing is if I tweet something out that I think is first of all, 
the whole thing of, hey, this is really good and this is really bad, that just has a concept of a tweet isn't really a great tweet. Like, right. I don't know. I just feel like people should just, like, before hitting send, like, try to think a little bit harder about something interesting to say than, like, sure. wow, this is good. And it's like, <laughs> all right, cool. Like, that's that's nice, man. Thank um, you for sharing. Yeah, it's like, all right. Um, but, uh, um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just try to interact with people on a on a one on one basis because we have met people on Twitter. You and I met online. Um, like it's it, it's a cool place to meet people. There are definitely positives, but it it is becoming increasingly more difficult to block out the noise. And um, I don't know that anybody has an answer to it. So all right. Fair enough. I, I I didn't know if I was necessarily asking for solutions. I guess just my my no, weekly plea: just just be better. Just be better to everybody. Why not? Why you know that shouldn't be so hard. Like I, I don't know. I, I I keep thinking back about a time when you know we used to. I know this is going down a hell of a tangent here. There used to be a time where we didn't need weekly reminders that Nazis were pieces of shit, and yet somehow here we are in a world. It's like, well, let's listen to both sides. No, no, shove that up your ass. I don't care. Right. They're still Nazis. There was a reason why they were evil uh, yeah. and why we all consider them pretty largely. I, I we listened mean, I, to both sides in World War II. It didn't work out great. Right. All right. Let's move on. Or we're uh, listening to ESPN side of things, considering the potential next step for Goran Dragic. Of course, he was traded from the Toronto Raptors to the San Antonio Spurs. And according to Adrian Wojnarowski, they are in heavy negotiations for mm -hmm. a buyout. So who knows what happens with the rest of Goran's contract, but it seems likely that he will be a free agent soon. And on top of that, as a free agent, he's expected to draw some interest from the following list of teams. The Los Angeles Lakers, Golden State Warriors, the Clippers, Bucks, Bulls, and Nets. And they're in aggressive pursuit of Dragic, sources said. So... That's interesting because, well, I mean, you can make a case for all of these teams. I don't know that uh, – I don't know not covering these teams as well as I do with Miami. I don't know exactly how he would fit in onto that roster. And I don't know what Goron necessarily is seeking for at this point in his career, whether it's more opportunity, playing time, the chance to parlay this next month and a half of the regular season into a big contract next year. It's always a possibility in the NBA. You never know. So I'm not exactly sure – where he winds up going in there. And I don't know that they necessarily represent a better destination than a team that I thought he would be likely to join. But do you think it seems likely that he'll join a team other than Miami at this point, considering this report? Yeah, I, I think so. There's a couple of ways to read it. Number one, all those teams that he listed could be considered contenders. I guess it depends. the LA teams, it depends on when Kawhi and Paul George comes back. Is Goran Dragic hearing something that we're not? It's possible, right? right? Uh, the Lakers, nobody would view them as championship contenders, but there are still a ton amount of respect for LeBron James. Dangerous and that's why, Yeah, I don't know. I, I think a guy like Dragic who is seeking a championship, that's that's what that list represents to me. Yeah. Uh, and that's why maybe the Warriors are on that list. I don't really see the Warriors as a real option. They have 15 players on the roster. They'd have to make a move. Uh, it would add a lot more to their luxury tax. They're already in the repeater, I believe, and all that stuff. I don't, I don't know that Dragic is really a fit there, but um, we'll see. Um but I'm, I'm kind of looking at the, is this coming from Dragic's campus report from Woj? It's mm. possible. And if that's the case, are the Heat really not interested in, in bringing back Goran Dragic? Because as soon as this, he got traded to the Spurs, every Heat fan keeping up was like, he's coming back to Miami. Let's go. And he's been at these games, the game this weekend or last week, wasn't he? Like, he's yeah. he's working out in South Florida. He's doing all these yeah. things. Like, 
you'd like to see him. Everybody was celebrating once this happened because you're like, wow, he's coming back. They cleared the, the room with the Kaziak Pollard trade. Let's do this. Um, and maybe that's still the case. The Heat, like, they they don't really broadcast their intentions. They made the Kaziak Pollard trade. Will Shams, Mark Stein, Chris Haynes, they didn't have the, the report. It's at the same time we an did. email. Yeah, that's right. I, Gmail, Gmail breaker, told yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I was like, all right, cool. Like, that was weird. Um, yeah. and, and so maybe that happens again. You just don't know where the Heat's intentions are. Even Woj doesn't know because Woj didn't know before. So why would right. he know now what the Heat right. are thinking? And so uh, I don't know. Um, but you bring, you bring up a good point about the, the yeah. source of the sources, right? Uh, right? It's probably coming from Dragic's camp. At this point, maybe there are no aggressive pursuers at, uh, regarding Goran Dragic at this stage. Or there are, and they're just not Miami. Right. It's possible. But, I mean, even let's just say it's a foregone conclusion that Goran wants to come to Miami. As the agent, it, he has to do their due diligence and say, no, no, no. We want to make sure that everybody knows that you're a hot item out there, that right. we want to put you out there. Lots of teams, all these teams are, are pursuing him, aggressively pursuing all these, him. All these potential championship teams, Miami. That's so you're going right. to have to pay up for them. That's possible. That's right. it's, it's certainly possible. Um, the Heat are have been very public about not wanting to be in the luxury tax. So they're, mm-hmm. And they only have $1.9 million of room, and they do have to promote Caleb Martin. So there's only a limited amount. Now, if you're going Dragic and you're his agent, you don't care if Mickey Harrison has to pay a luxury tax. And maybe that's what right. part of this is, is, hey, this is going Dragic. He's you want him? He's you he's a Heat Hall of Famer, right? Like you're gonna you need to you're gonna have to pay the luxury tax to get him. Maybe that's part of maybe you're right. Maybe that's part of the leverage. I don't know. Uh ultimately I never thought he was gonna I never really thought he was coming back to Miami. I just wow. I still think that at the end of the day, he wants an opportunity to play a real meaningful role. And I just don't know that it's there for the Heat. I don't think that they want yeah. to upend their rotation. I think at this point, Gabe Vincent does more for this team, what they need, than Dragic mm-hmm. does. And and I don't think you want to replace uh, Gabe Vincent in the rotation with Goran Dragic. Like I, I don't know, I don't know where he plays. He could play spot minutes here and there, but he would get yeah. a lot more time in Milwaukee. We get a lot more playing time for the LA teams. We get a lot more playing time for a lot of these other teams. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I still have no idea. Who knows? That's a good uh, good point. Um, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see. We we wish him well, well regardless of where he winds up. Yeah. Whether or not I'd be happy to be proven wrong. I'd be happy to be proven wrong. Yeah, although I, I'd be weird seeing him in a in a Milwaukee jersey, considering how well he played against the Bucks a couple years ago in the Orlando bubble, and you know has been it's just you know a, a big part of this team and their success over the last few years. But we'll see how it plays out. Uh, if anything, maybe the I could see no they, no reunion with the Phoenix Suns team. They weren't listed nope. as one of those potential groups there. But anyway, uh, it'll be interesting to watch. And of course, we'll break the news whenever that does happen. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Remember that every episode is always free and available wherever you get the show. So make sure you subscribe. That's the key to get the best coverage available. Make sure to also check out Locked On Bets, your daily one stop shop. For all of your gambling needs, this is David Ramil signing off for now. Thanks so much for joining me, Wes. Wrap it up, B.